Well, hi, my friends. I'm glad you could be with me today as we study God's Word together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of an extended study of 1 John, as you know. The last several days, we've been examining a portion in the fifth chapter of 1 John, a confusing couple of verses, really, for most people who study the Word of God. Uh, Verses 16 and 17 of chapter 5. Let me read those to you to get us started today. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death. There is sin that leads to death. I don't say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. As I say, confusing verses, and I hope these couple of days I've been working with you on them, is helping to unfold them at least to the point where you understand some of the broader issues intersecting these often confusing verses. Fundamental to understanding these verses is understanding the reality that God, as our Heavenly Father, is involved in disciplining child training of his redeemed children. As our biblical father, he has adopted us when we turn to Christ. As as our biblical father, he takes his role seriously. And as Hebrews 12 made plain to us, he will discipline us. It's part of seeing God as he really is. There's wonderful things that are true of the fact that he is our heavenly father and we're now adopted into his family. This is also a wonderful thing, that he takes seriously his child-rearing, child-training, child-discipline activities. Although at times, as Hebrews 12 tells us, discipline can seem painful. But we really wouldn't want it any other way when we understand God's great purpose in such discipline. And of course, his underlying purpose for that disciplinary hand in the life of his children is to help us grow. It's not something he is doing to make us somehow pay for our wrongdoings. No, no. Remember, much of 1 John has been about the wonder of the cross, the wonder of the propitiation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. No, no, God's not talking about atoning or paying for wrong. Discipline from the hand of God is not for that purpose. Instead, it's to give us life. It's to bring us back to our senses. Hebrews chapter 3 helped us to understand that not dealing with sin properly in our life leads to spiritual callousness, insensitivity, and self-deception. We don't even realize that's the reality in our life. And so God is working to limit the damage to bring us to our senses so that we will deal appropriately with sin. Yesterday we saw that God commands us to pray for the stumbling brother or sister. We can simply take as a given that if we know a brother or sister in Christ who is dealing, who is living sinfully and not dealing with it properly, even sinfully in the sense of being carnal, not surrendered to the Lord, We know God's disciplinary hand will be working in their life at some level. We've talked about those various levels of intensity of God's discipline. We are to pray for the stumbling brother or sister. And we are not to pray that they wouldn't be under discipline. We don't want the discipline to stop. Rather, we pray that they would act upon the discipline so they could come to their senses, find the deliverance and forgiveness and encouragement of heart and move forward in their life as a disciple. That's what we pray for. We ended yesterday by talking about the fact that 
In God's disciplinary activity in the life of his children, sometimes his discipline can take the form of even taking that son or daughter in the Lord to be in his presence. He will let discipline reach the point of physical death, a sin that leads to death. I made it plain to you yesterday, he's not talking about the fact that somebody would lose their salvation. That would be against the whole tenor of 1 John. No, no, he's talking about God's disciplinary hand and can reach a point where he takes the people. Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 were one example of that sort of intervention on the part of God. Let's talk some more and try to draw the loose ends together in these verses. First of all, let me underscore for you, not all illness, not all discouragement, and for that matter, not even all depression, and certainly not all death in brothers and sisters in Christ is due to sin and God's disciplinary hand about it. You know, Job's friends in the Old Testament and in the book of Job made the error of assuming bad things and unhappy things would be happening to someone only if they weren't pleasing God. And therefore, they made the assumption Job must have been sinning in order to have the things happen that happened in his life. And so God says, listen, while the reality of my disciplinary hand will be there and we can assume it will be there in the case of overt carnality and persisting in sin in the life of a brother and sister. Let's not assume every time we see negative things in a person's life that that's because God's discipline is in their hand. Uh, Rule that out. But also recognize that there's the possibility that illness, discouragement, even physical death, can be the product of God's disciplinary hand in the life of a child. We can have a much higher sense that that's what it might be if we see someone overtly and clearly following a self-destructive life pattern. Little spiritual enthusiasm, little hunger for God's word, little hunger to be around other believers, and perhaps even overtly involved in sinful activities. And we can begin to assume, yes, God's hand must be in his life. And so things are going on that are due to the disciplinary hand of God. Be caring, be praying, and don't immediately assume something is due to God's discipline. But also be realistic. Look at a life and say, Lord, is it possible this is your disciplinary hand too? In either case, if it is or it isn't, be praying for a brother or sister who's suffering. But pray differently. If a brother or sister is not suffering because of God's disciplinary hand, pray for healing and pray for deliverance. If they are under God's disciplinary hand, pray that they'll come to their senses so that they can find that deliverance from discipline. Now, one last issue I want to deal with before we leave these verses altogether. The question has been asked to me uh, in different settings, really, as I've taught on 1 John. Why would God discipline his children to the point of physical death? Because it just seems very perplexing to people. Why in the world would God do that? And let me give an answer to that, first of all, by saying the Bible is not completely clear about the answer to that. The Bible implies certain things, but it doesn't absolutely answer that question. So get used to it. There's a number of questions that the Bible doesn't absolutely answer. There's nowhere else to turn for answers, but the Bible doesn't answer everything we might want to have answered. But it does tell us everything we need to know to act on things. So let me talk about some possibilities here. 
Why would God discipline to the point of death? Well, one possibility is that somebody's lifestyle now as a redeemed child of God has reached a point where it is truly an obstacle to other people believing in the gospel and turning to the Lord. Their life is one that communicates to the lost around them that there must be no answer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason God leaves us in this world in the first place instead of taking us to be with him when we come to know Christ as Savior is because he wants us here as lights in the darkness. He wants us growing to be disciples and useful in his hands to reach a lost world. Somebody gets to the point where their presence here is obstructing the gospel, not helping it, pushing people away from salvation rather than encouraging them to come. Potentially, I could see God's hand. Can you? (laughs) I think so. Another possibility is that somebody's life as a brother or sister in Christ has reached such a disastrous point that their very presence is encouraging other redeemed people to move towards spiritual disaster and sin in their lives. Their example is devastating. That was, the, I believe, behind Ananias and Sapphira's discipline from God in Acts chapter 5. You could not start the church with a, in the earliest, year, earliest generation of it by not addressing the question of spiritual hypocrisy, pseudo-spirituality, and people pretending to be something they weren't. God needed to address quickly that we are to be straight with him and seek for openness, not deception in our dealings with one another. So that's a possibility. Somebody's life is really hurting other children in the kingdom. Ultimately, I guess one could say it's possible, reasonable, that somebody's activities in life have reached a point where they're simply no earthly good to the kingdom anymore for a variety of reasons, and so God takes them home. He doesn't kick them out of the home, But he takes them out of this world and takes them home because they can no longer be fruitful and useful in the kingdom. Well, could be other reasons too. I don't claim to give you an exhaustive group, but I am trying to help you through unfolding the word to understand some difficult verses. Now here's the point I want to finish with. Our Heavenly Father, because he loves us, because he's adopted us into his family when we responded to the gospel, He is determined not to stop his discipline in our life short of repentance. He will never stop short of repentance. God practices tough love with his redeemed children. And he will keep on doing discipline in your life until you come to your senses and turn from rebellion and complacency and carnality and be where God wants you to be. And we really wouldn't want it any other way, would we? Well, join me tomorrow or the next time we're together because I'm going to go on to the remaining verses in 1 John and begin to examine some final reminders that John, under direction of the Holy Spirit, is giving us as he gives us the God-breathed words. God bless.